welcome to Deeply Curious. My name is Cody Jensen, and joining me in our New York City studio apartment is my wife, Sarah. Hello. We just recorded a, I think we were recording for two and a half hours. Long time. A long time. Um, so I'm redoing the intro now, post-show, uh, because this conversation started with talking about vira- virality and talking about um, what what things go viral, why things go viral, what does that, that type mean? of stuff. What does that mean? And we went through this. We talked for an hour about that. But after that hour was up, we started talking about popular things in culture and talking about Fifty Shades of or we 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 talked about Fifty Shades of Grey in the first hour, and then we started talking about James Patterson and books, and then we got into some deeper personal stuff. So I'm entering this after to let you know that this is going to be a. Uh, a lot of the first part of the conversation is going to be edited out um, yeah. so that there isn't a, an hour of lead up before before we get into like the better stuff. So here's where the conversation ended up um, in that. Before jumping to that, I just want to say that this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a counseling service. It is not a crisis hotline. It's a counseling service. And if you don't know, BetterHelp.com is an affordable, private Online counseling service with unlimited access to licensed therapists. It's a super simple sign up. You just fill out a questionnaire and you're matched with a therapist and you can actually begin counseling that day, which is really cool. Yeah. And I mean, the biggest thing for me is that it is face-to-face counseling and that usually costs 150 to 250 dollars plus i mean unless you have like dr richard nygaard <laughs> which you know you, let, you may be getting up to like 500 dollars a session um but, rack, anyway. <laughs> but better help um can be as affordable as 35 dollars a week mm-hmm. and that gets you all access to a licensed therapist um, you must be 18 or older to use the service and it is a weekly counseling service not a crisis line um there's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to betterhelp.com slash Jensen. Um, we are big uh, proponents, supporters um, of counseling yep. and also of just like breaking down the stigma that, you know, counseling is for anybody Everyone. and everybody, not... You should go to counseling. Yes. <laughs> Whether um, you think you need it or not. And the, uh, the thing with BetterHelp is it provides a, an affordable way yeah. to get into counseling. At, and convenient too. Yeah, very convenient. So betterhelp.com slash Jensen. Okay, jumping into today's show, we are going to start with this conversation about virality. Yeah. Um, and we don't know where it's going to end up or go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's going to be our starting point. We may have other conversations. Yeah, who knows? So the reason we're having this conversation is because I've been reading this book called Hitmakers, and I've been reading it for <laughs> a long time. Too long. I think I said last night, well, you were asking me to pick out a fiction book for you to read, and I was, which you've done this to me like three times over the last couple months. And I was like, okay, but are you actually going to read it? Because every time I pick out a new book for you, you just start reading Hitmakers again. <laughs> Go through this whole process and you don't even read the book I choose. And I was like, because I just need to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> and so... It's a great book. It's just a lot uh, of information. Well, it's, it really has nothing to do with the book. It has more to do with me. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. Because I have, I, I had a goal to read like way more this year. And I read three books in the first three months, three months, maybe, maybe four months, but I think it was three books in, in three months. Um, and I had like a Twitter thread going. Yeah. Um, 
you know, book one of 2018, book yep. two, book three. This is my book four, and now we're in, we're in the seventh <laughs> we're month. We're in, uh, no, the eighth. Eighth month. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> well, um, somebody needs to get on the ball, and it's me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so, but that all to say, I'm. we've actually had a conversation about this book uh, previously on the podcast on a different chapter that I found very intriguing, but I was reading yesterday, and we started having this conversation, and I wanted to have this conversation because, one, I think it's really interesting, two... Because I know mm -hmm. this is going to bring out Sassy Sarah. Yeah. And uh, Sassy Sarah is a is a fun character. Listen, um, I just have some opinions. <laughs> you do. Sassy Sarah doesn't come out like that often. I keep her in check. Yeah. You but, know? But I guarantee you this is a 100% chance. Uh, Feel free to disagree with her if you want, yeah. but she has her opinions. <laughs> so... The the thing that I found interesting was that he was talking about virality and things going viral and how the, in this, you know, day and age in our culture, we typically, you know, if, if something is being talked of, about yeah. or if something gets, you know, a million views, a hundred million views, like whatever, yeah. we say like, holy cow, that went viral. And he uses the example of Fifty Shades of Grey, um, mm -hmm. kind of talking about that book and how, you know, seemingly it went viral. I mean, like the, that 2015 or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, everybody was you could talking not about it. get away from it. Every, and like it seemed like everybody was reading it, but more so, definitely everybody was talking about it. Yeah. Um, and it went on to become one of the best-selling books of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, and. You know, a lot of people would say that's viral, but he breaks that down into how it actually happened. But first he describes what is actually happen happening. And instead of it going viral, it's just being broadcast. And the difference between virality and a broadcast, and he uses the term of dark broadcasters because there are times whenever things are broadcast and maybe you don't you don't even realize that it was broadcast to you mm -hmm. because it was like uh maybe once removed or something like that but because it's being spread so wide we say like holy cow that went viral so saying that that went viral is like saying that something that was on the front page of um the new york times went viral mm -hmm. it's like there are hundreds of millions of people who read the front page of new york times to say that went viral is incorrect it was just broadcast to a huge audience mm -hmm. and you know he's like if um you know they're on the in the new york times there was this recipe for you know this all new like cheesecake and you were you read it in the morning and then you went to work and there was a couple of people talking around the water cooler and they're like hey did you see that um cheesecake recipe that looks really good and then you go home and your wife's like hey some people at work were talking about uh this cheesecake recipe right um have you seen anything about that and in your mind you're thinking this, the, holy cow, this thing is going viral. And it's like, no, it's just a publication with millions of eyeballs on it. Right. Put it out there. And then now a few people are talking about it. It has nothing to do with going viral. It's not because of one million one on one interactions. Mm -hmm. It's because of one, one million interaction. Mm. It's one million people looking at one person, not one million people talking to one other person. Yeah. Um, which I, to me, that was just really interesting information. I don't necessarily have any like commentary on that, other than it's just funny 
or an interesting that we always talk about things going viral. Right. And like, it's not really things going viral. It's just a lot of people knowing about something because. Right. So the, where I wanted to lead this conversation Uh um, is that's just an interesting tidbit. Yeah. But because of the example he used, Mm -hmm. it gets into sassy Sarah uh, category. It does. um, In the fact that he uses 50 shades of gray and tells the story of 50 shades of gray and how it actually happened. Yeah. And. Which I knew most of it. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you knew the like the backstory. Yeah, and the fact that Fifty Shades of Grey, it seemingly went viral, but he breaks it down in the fact that it was actually broadcast because Fifty Shades of Grey started on a website called fanfiction.net, right. and she was writing Twilight fanfiction. Yes, and she ended up amassing um, like five, five million. million, five million readers um, on this fan, which is wildly impressive and like, she was like one of the top uh people on fan fiction um and so this like twilight fan fiction was getting a lot of uh readers mm-hmm. and she decided that well she was scared that somebody might take her story and publish it valid and so she decided to publish it herself you know basically a lot of people bought the book um and then like three thousand of them went on goodreads and gave right. it a five-star rating mm-hmm. um, because they were already fans. Yeah. Um, and so it went from having an audience of five five million to now being on Goodreads with like 3,000 five-star ratings immediately. Yeah, dedicated which, audience. Which brought that to Goodreads' attention because it now um, amassed itself to being the, like, the second biggest and highest rated um, romance book mm-hmm. of the year. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up being on goodreads like uh, awards like it actually got like their best you know romance book award because of how many ratings it had which then led to like there's kind of a longer story in here like the middle of this part but then that led to random house the publisher um makes a publishing deal yeah um with el james um to publish 50 shades of gray then they push it out um and it is immediately like the day it's published, New York Times bestseller list, mm-hmm. another broadcast mm-hmm. to millions of people. Right. Um, it immediately, you know, is being talked about and sold because now it's on the number one on the right. New York Times bestseller list. So now people are picking it up. Then they're talking about it. Um, then I think it was one week or two weeks later, they did the same thing for the second book. A few weeks later, they did the same thing for the third book. They mm-hmm. did it like all right in a row mm-hmm. um, to keep people talking and binging on it. Which worked. Yes. Which worked, which led to uh, this fact is insane. Yeah. A one million copy sold of a book is considered to be like a massive success. Yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey series mm-hmm. sold over 150 mm-hmm. million copies. You assumed it went viral because like somebody read it and was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Told their friend and they were like, oh, I read it. And they told three of their friends. They read it. They told three of their friends. That's not how it happened. It was three or four big broadcasts that took it into the mainstream, which made it popular, which then it's just a snowball from there. Correct. Um, Before you jump into everything that you would like to say. Yes. I have these two highlights on um, popularity. Okay. And once it basically started spreading mm-hmm. um it talks about popularity and some consumers buy products not because they are better in any way but simply because they are popular mm-hmm. 
what they are buying is not just a product, but also a piece of popularity itself. Social value. Yes. Yeah. Skip a paragraph. What separated Fifty Shades of Grey is that its notoriety became a distinct product. People who didn't even enjoy reading still wanted to avoid being the last person to have read it. Mm-hmm. Popularity is the product. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the thing that gets Sarah is yeah. is the fact that it, it the money grab side of it. Here's the thing. Here, I'm just going to rear you up i'm yeah. like pull you back like one of those uh okay. cars that you get as a kid yeah wind you up and now i'm letting you go okay you ready <laughs> yeah first of all the popularity thing is really interesting and so true it's i'm the opposite it's why i don't read popular books <laughs> mm-hmm. um and that's not to say that they're not valid or that they're not good or whatever but when s- i have a hard time reading the more mainstream fiction because there's a lot more out there that nobody promotes and nobody knows about. And my favorite, my all-time favorite books, nobody's ever heard of, (laughs) which sucks because they're freaking fantastic books. And that is my beef with Fifty Shades of Grey. Here's the thing. It is not that it's romance, though that is my least favorite genre. Like, I'm just going to Fair, right? I I don't like romance books. Um, it's not even that it started as Twilight fan fiction, though I don't like Twilight either. <laughs> um, I'm all for fan fiction. Like, I feel like there's a spot for that, you know? Um, but it sucks. Not fan... Fifty Shades of Grey is awful. Like, I don't, I don't want to diminish what she has done, what E.L. James did. Um, because obviously like she wrote Twilight fan fiction and people loved it and she saw an opportunity and took it and it worked for her, you know, I'm not trying to diminish any of that, but, but it's you're not, not trying to, you're not trying to diminish her, but you hate the fact that 50 shades of gray diminished literature. Correct. It is not l- literature in the traditional definition of literature. Um, and honestly, it doesn't deserve to have sold 150 million copies. <laughs> like it's it's not read what you want to read. And here's the thing: I have I've come a long way in my snobbish book ways. Like I I have I accept the fact that Twilight is going to be some people's favorite books. I accept that now. I don't like it, but it's fine. Like you do you. Um, but there are just so many good books beautiful books that will never see the light of day and 50 shades of gray gets to be the the one that sold a hundred no that's not it's oh it's not fair it mm-hmm. sucks it's stupid and i really don't like it and like i i don't know it's it's just that i i really hate that the only things that people pay attention to are the popular things mm-hmm. it's it's not that they don't deserve to be popular or that you know, they didn't do something right. Like, it's not any of that, but it's just, why are we only paying attention to what's popular? Like, that's not all that's going on. My, like I said, my favorite books are not, like, most people have never heard of them. And they're beautiful books that deserve attention. They're beautiful authors that deserve attention and deserve to, 
I don't know, like make a living doing what they love and are good at, but will never because they're not, you know, the popular ones, which is stupid because they're, I think, better content, better stories than Fifty Shades of Grey, Mm -hmm. but they will never be at that level, nor will they ever see the light of day because publishers are only paying attention to to that. And that's stupid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just such, it's so sad to see that like, for me, I guess uh, as a person who who romanticizes everything, like I just, it's sad to see people just settling for like crappy books or, um, you know, just what's popular. For the sake of needing to be in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Like I read Twilight like three years after it was popular. Like I, (laughs) this is where I've grown a lot. Okay. I refused to read Twilight. Like, I was the opposite. I was so angry about it for so long. And then I read it after everything died down. And it wasn't the worst book I've ever read. Like, I finished them, you know. But it's hard for me when someone says, oh, Twilight's my favorite book. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> you're just missing out on so much. Like, I just, I want to do the aw. Mm-hmm. You're so cute. You know, like, pinch your cheeks. Um, because there's so, so much better literature out there so like well thought out well written asks really important questions and like why are we ignoring all of that why are we ignoring like the important stuff I don't understand I just don't understand and I don't understand why all of the again I know this is a like over generalization but why all the bad stuff gets popular like why doesn't the actual good written literature or the like beautiful music like why doesn't all of that get popular even though because it's good and like Mm -hmm. objectively good like people agree that oh yes this is good and then it just doesn't get popular i don't understand yeah i don't know i mean i i think that is a bit of an over generalization or exaggeration because i mean lots of amazing stuff does make it into popularity popularity but it does seem that way that but like, like the biggest popular stuff like the things that like are just like right on the next level it's like not the best mm-hmm. art you know not even like 50 shades aside because i think that's no i'm not gonna say that because that's mean it's <laughs> not good <laughs> it's not great you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. like a just like a erotic romance poorly written thing right and like if you want to read it fine like i don't care like what you want to read like if you want to read it fine but just like why why did that have to be the one that like sold 150 million i'd rather twilight you know what i mean Mm -hmm. at least it was i mean weird but edited (laughs) yeah like twilight started even weirder i feel like than 50 shades did it was just like stephanie meyer had a dream of about being with a vampire and like that's where twi- that's weird right like it doesn't really deserve popular but okay fine at least it was edited so i don't know so after that conversation now i'm just like i'm just thinking about what is the question that we're asking like what am i asking or in general like i mean we i given some facts given like some you know opinion I- but like what truly 
what is this conversation about? What are we asking? Like, what are we trying to get to? I think I, and this is a, a thing that I, like, I just always get so frustrated with, um, like corporations and companies and how they treat art, like not just books, although I'm fairly passionate about that, (laughs) but like music, um, everything, like they just dumb it down to the dollars. And I think it does everybody a disservice. Like, like, um, we were talking about this the other day, because there was an article that came out about record labels and like, they're doing the same thing. They're looking for your platform. Like Mm -hmm. they're giving deals to people who have a platform and that's, you know, that's what they're doing. And, and I just find that so frustrating because one, like I said, with the publishing deal, like just because you have a platform doesn't mean you're a talented musician Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean you should be (laughs) a musician and vice versa. Just like you're a very talented musician, but you don't have the platform. And that means you're not going to get like a record deal, not only does it do a disservice to that artist and to the label, but to the people, because now we miss out on that art because mm-hmm. the record label is too concerned with the platform. Right. And I, I don't know what that's called, but I am so frustrated by watching it happen. Like, yeah. like we're, we're sending a meme song to number one. Yeah. And then there's some like incredible musician sitting at home who has like toured multiple times multiple records out doing amazing work like trying to make it and it is going and we'll never see the light of day because they're too concerned with what can make a buck like that it's so frustrating to me and so sad because mostly because like and i know that it doesn't happen all the time like there are people who you know get famous because they have a platform who deserve the recognition, right? Like, um, I don't even have an example, but there are, I mean, for a lot of the, like they got a platform for a reason, right? Like they, they start, but they build their own platform and then record labels notice or Mm -hmm. whatever, like they deserve the recognition, but I'm talking about the, the ones that I just think it's, it's stupid that we expect somebody to be, the artist, the writer, the producer, the publicist. the publicist, the marketer, the everything. I'm like, no, like, can't we just like notice that they have really great art, really great potential and like help mm-hmm. people? I don't understand why we're in this weird whatever we're in. I think I- this all comes like to a point of a life lesson of the fact that there essentially there is always someone less talented than you mm-hmm. working twice as hard and they're going to make it. Yeah. Because the, that's just like, that's just the way the world is that talent only takes you so far. Right. You're going to have to work harder. Right. Then like, I don't, then, then, you know, there's always somebody who wants it more than you. That's less talented. And so you can't just like rest on your laurels, basically. You can't like right. just be like, I'm talented enough. I should make it. And whether I'm not arguing that that's the way the world should be. I'm saying this, the, this is the way the world is. And this is kind of the lesson that I think can come of this is that if you're really talented, if you write amazing books, if you write amazing music or whatever, 
there is still, there is definitely somebody out there who is just hustling twice as hard as you, Yeah. who, who doesn't do nearly as good of a job you do, but they're going to be the ones that people know because they're hustling harder. I don't disagree with that, but I don't think that's the, the thing I'm trying. Like, I th- I think it's more about like, like we should just not write people off because they don't have a platform. Like, I don't even really know what that means. But like, well, I mean, I understand that, but you and I don't write people off because we are the consumer. You are you are arguing to somebody who isn't listening. Yeah, but I'm also arguing arguing to people. I mean, there's a reason that people bought 150 million copies of Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. You know. It's it's because they're not paying attention and they're just buying what's popular. They're buying what people are talking about. And not that there's anything wrong with that. And like, obviously, people are talking about things for a reason. But like, don't just pay attention to that. Pay attention to like, go walk the shelves of the bookstore and like pick up books that are intriguing to you. Like learn about something new. I don't you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like instead of just, you know, following like the celebrity musicians although they make great music i listen to them like go actually look at like the new artist whatever playlists on spotify and crap like go search for new people and like support them Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying i don't know yeah i mean i agree that it's kind of like i was thinking a minute ago every season you know there's always this uh, new show uh-huh. that everybody's talking about. Yeah. And everybody's like, have you watched it? Have you watched it? Have you watched it? Have you watched it? And there are some of those that are actually great shows, you mm-hmm. know, that are, are really good art and they are worth watching, you know, if you're into television um, or into story or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of them that people are – it's becoming so big and it's becoming so talked about just because it is becoming popular because people are talking about it and asking other people if they're watching it. And it's that, you know, the, that exact line of people who didn't even enjoy reading still wanted to avoid being the last person to have read it. You yeah. want to avoid being the last person to see this show. Right. And so you end up, um, you know, not that there's anything necessarily wrong with watching like mindless TV. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you only want to, like, spend so much time consuming content. Right. So this is just my perspective. I only want to spend so much time watching TV, and I would rather give my time to stuff that actually is good. Quality. Is quality, or, like, that makes me think, instead of, oh, my gosh, everybody is talking about um, Riverdale. Yeah. It's like, everybody's talking about it. We need to, like watch it it's like to be fair i do watch riverdale right (laughs) i understand that you watch it but we disagree on riverdale but i mean it's it's a it's a bad show i know i don't let you watch it with me because you just make fun of it the whole time i mean it's hard not to laugh sometimes like i mean it is cbs or whatever but or cw cw but i mean uh, that was the only example i could come up with but i mean i still stand by it that it's not a good show yeah i'm not saying that it's not entertainment yeah i mean then that can i there is we we had this we had this conversation before like there is value in entertainment it's entertainment value you can watch it just for entertainment you can just that's the reason reality tv and everything else Mm -hmm. but i think it's also like if you want to look at like um 
like bubblegum pop music, there's a reason it's so popular. It's because mm-hmm. it's entertaining. Like, bottom line, that's it. Right. I mean, I also... So, I guess my, my sassy Cody, my argument mm-hmm. is just to watch, listen, read, whatever the crap you want to. Yeah. Just don't do it because it's popular. Like... Right. The, not that there's anything intrinsically wrong with being popular. It's more so read it because you actually want to, not because everybody else is doing it and every, like you want to be a part of that conversation. Right. It's like, yeah, you I understand agree. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that it's true. Like you should just not care too much about like pop culture and like what is popular at the moment and like just do what you do. Yeah. But, but I just also suggest that you like pay attention to the smaller guys, you know? Yeah. I also... There's so much good art out there. I very much, like, I, I guess, how, how would you even say that? Like, uh, against my own argument or something? Um, Contradictory? Yeah. I, I also contradict myself in the fact that I very much look to, like, averages um, uh-huh. as far as, like, Rotten Tomatoes. Mo- like, oh, I, yeah. Like, if something... You know, before I, I, I don't think I've ever watched a movie without looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score first. Yeah. Um, because I trust the aggregate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. Um, it, you know, it's I, an I, annoying thing sometimes. When I, I might, wanna... <laughs> I might miss out on something I'll enjoy, but again, I only want to spend so much time yeah. like on a, on a movie. And so if it's like, below 50 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm like eh. even though it could be an enjoyable movie it's like it's so annoying i would rather watch the 75 percent, the 80 the 90 you know things like that it drives me crazy i'm like hey let's watch this it looks like you know just like a cute romantic comedy or whatever and you're like but it's got like 47 who cares <laughs> There's a reason I want to watch a cute romantic comedy. <laughs> and there's a reason that people want to read Fifty Shades of Grey. I know. I'm not saying you can't. I'm just saying it's annoying. But I, <laughs> I that was a devil's advocate move because I actually don't agree with my statement there. Because yeah. I don't think, I think that people wanted more wanted to read Fifty Shades of Grey to be a part of the conversation, to be a part yeah. of the pop, like the, the wave. Then do it had anything you? to do with the fact that, like, they wanted to read it. Let's ask this question. And this is Fifty Shades of Grey specific. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was so popular because it's such smut? Do you think, like, well, there was so, a, an aspect of why people wanted to read it because it's kind of smut? It had that factor because it came right with the wave of e-readers. And so it allowed the suburban mom to read porn without having to show the cover, without having to hide or or sit at home. They could actually go out and they could read on, you know, not a suburban mom want to be on the train, but they could be on the train, (laughs) um, you know, and read. You never know. That's not stereotype. I guess, yeah, they could be riding the train back out to suburbia. suburbia. (laughs) But they'd be driving their suburban back out there. Anyways, um, (laughs) the thing is, is like, I'm not making this up. Like, in the book, they actually... Broke yeah. it down. Like many people have tried to study why it became popular. And one of the reasons that they have, you know, speculated, mm-hmm. um, it's not fact, but the one of the things is because it would literally hit with the biggest boom of e readers. Yeah. And the Fifty Shades of Grey was everyone was, was launched as an ebook before, yeah. you know, it, it was went into Random House. 
And so it allowed like, you know, women to read porn without having to hide it and mm-hmm. they could, you know, do whatever. And then it became main- mainstream and they could actually talk about it yeah. um, and, you know, read it. And but you know, whatever. what's fascinating is that there is this girl who um, wrote fan fiction. It, it was wildly popular. It started out as a Harry Styles fan fiction, um, but then a publisher approached her and they had to, she had to change the name. Obviously it couldn't be Harry Styles. So it was some, she changed the name to some, but it was Gomer Piles. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, word for word from her fan, from her, I think it was on Wattpad and, um, they gave her a six figure book deal, which is a big deal, especially like your first book. She's like 18. I mean, big deal. It, it did not do well. Like, I think it was five books or something like that. It did not do well. Yeah. And that is another thing that um, was in the studies of... Even though they, she had a major, big audience. Yeah. Th- th- but it was it was probably at the end of the wave mm-hmm. um, because that is another thing that's in the studies of basically popularity becomes its own demise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like with Twilight, how at the boom, Twilight hits, vampire stuff everywhere. Oh. Vampire books, vampire movies, vampire TV shows. But then it comes to a point where it becomes so saturated Mm -hmm. that people actually turn Mm -hmm. and like want to move on to something else because it's it's like being pushed like so hard, like vampire, 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 vampire. And the same thing happened with Fifty Shades of Grey. It's like right when it came out, there were like a few other like no one could get enough, so they read other books, other you know. quote unquote, romance books. Um, but basically a few other people were able to ride that wave, mm-hmm. you know, with that. But then... And got rich. Yeah. And then people like, you know, fell out of, of that trend. Um, yeah. And, uh, you well, know, like in the same thing, well. like dystopian, like... Was yeah, a few, the Hunger Games. A few years later, Hunger Games and... The Maze Runner. Um, a lot of young adults. The adult. Shailene Woodley one. Oh, Divergent. Yeah. Um, I think they were kind of at the end. Right. Divergent was... So far at the end that they never released the last movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, Divergent, the book series, I think, hit it perfect. Yeah. They actually rode the wave really well, and everybody read The Hunger Games, and then everybody kind of read the Divergent series, so they did really well. But then the movies take so long that by the time the first movie came out, people were kind of falling out of, like, popularity with the dystopian Mm -hmm. scene. Which is a bummer, because I actually liked... The way that the Divergent books ended. Yeah. So it's kind of sad that, like, they went through all of that, and then now, like, the third movie isn't even going to be made. Fourth. Fourth movie is going to be made. Yeah. Yeah. The third movie they made, but I don't, I don't even know if it went to theaters. Remember? Uh, mm-hmm. We saw it on, I don't think it went to theaters. It, but it, yeah. it, it missed it. Like, right. the movies, they didn't get it out in time. It's just crazy. Like, it's just ironic that, like, the popularity yeah. leads to its own like yeah beca- that's true ev- it's such a money grab that like everybody wants to go after why? it listen i know we have to make money in this world but why <laughs> <laughs> why does everything have to be about money everything's always about money i hate it i just want to go like live in the woods or something like that's that i think is the thing that's the most discouraging to me is that like we're going to miss out on beautiful stuff because people are too concerned with the money. How much money are you going to make me? I think that sucks. Yep. I think that's a terrible way to live. But here we are. <laughs> money is one of the things that, I mean, either makes the world go round or 
is at the core and we all have to go around it. Like there's no, yeah, there's like no way to get around. I know it's a terrible cycle. I could talk about it forever. It's depressing. Yeah. Listen, here's the thing. Um, I think you should just read whatever you want. But I say that with caveat because (laughs) I have my own opinions. Here's the thing. Like, don't read Fifty Shades of Grey. Or, uh, I mean, I know that that's, like, gone. That's past. But, like, things like that. Like, don't just settle for what's popular. Because, like, just because it's unknown doesn't mean it's not good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, like, you're just selling yourself short if you're not, like, open-minded and, like, it takes a little bit of work to find good things, but that's the point. Like good, like whether you're like trying to build a career or, you know, whatever, like everything takes, everything that's good takes work. So it's the same. I feel like with art, like you have to be open-minded and willing to look for it because it's just, it doesn't, just because it's not well-known doesn't mean it's bad. Like it's just not popular. I just have a lot of opinions on all of this stuff, but I understand that, like, it's, you know, nobody, not everybody is like me. Right. And I get it. I just really want you to read different books, though. Like, (laughs) I'm really frustrated that Fifty Shades of Grey is is going to be what we're known for. This is a conversation I would like to have another time because we're already at the end of this podcast. But I think all this comes back to talking to us and myself in and to everybody else just let people enjoy things yeah i mean at the end of the day it doesn't really matter whether what you read what you watch it but i guess what we're trying to say and what i'm deferring or inferring from you yeah is challenge yourself yeah like just challenge yourself to read things that challenge you and watch things that yes. challenge you. Well, I think like also it, it, in a part of your regular, uh, regular diet, you can, for sure you can do the things that, you know, fast and furious. That's they're fun. Yeah. Like, Here's the thing but though, but also just maybe watch the uh, documentary about um, Mr. Rogers too. Yeah. I think just don't let the corporations decide what you like for you. Yeah, you know the, what yeah, I mean? Stick it to the man. Yes. Yeah. That's what Stick I think. Stick it to the man. Don't let the man decide what you're going to read, watch. Power or, to the people. Or, yeah, power to the people. Speaking of, if you want a, uh, <laughs> we've talked about this in a vlog, but if you do want a underrated movie. Oh, so underrated. Uh, Captain Fantastic. Is absolutely fantastic. It is. Um, Captain Fantastic really is not a superhero movie. Um, it's it, a family movie. It's a family. Uh, maybe don't watch it with your family. Uh, no, it's yeah. about a family. It's about a family. Um, <laughs> but yes. Uh, Can I tell some underrated books that I think people should read since we're no, talking about No, time's up. It? <laughs> you may. Um, you should read Isn't It Pretty to Think So by Nick Miller. It's a fantastic book. And How to Build a Girl by Caitlin Moran. And well, we'll just leave it with those two for now. Yeah. I'll have more later. Yeah. <laughs> Start with those two. But then, after you're done with those, you could read uh, Bill Clinton and James Patterson's new book uh, about my the president. I don't know James Patterson. It, it, that's who did it, right? Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't it, know, it but all honestly, James Patterson is too much. I have opinions about him too. Not well, him you, as a person, just yeah, him. You just have opinions about any artist that puts out an no. exorbitant amount of work. Okay, maybe, but because you haven't listen, even read his stuff. I understand, but he literally 
doesn't write anything without another person now, which I find annoying. He is in every section of the freaking bookstore. And an author should not be in every, literally every section. Every section. Comic books, children's, adult, young adult. Like, honestly, like, just, uh. Oh, it's too much for me. It's too much. It's too much. He also puts out a book. He puts out a book like every month. Yeah. What if it's good? No, a story can't be that good. You don't know. I do know. No, you can't write. You cannot write a great. He's putting out. Actually, this Patterson. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Listen, I think this is a good indicator of what I'm trying to explain here. Mm -hmm. There was in this book that I'm reading called Just Right or something like that. He was talking about. Um, he got on the plane and there was this lady reading this book, paperback, whatever. And every 30 pages or so, she would rip the pages and set them on the seat. And when the flight attendant would come by, she'd throw them in the trash. And he was like appalled, which obviously you would be. You just don't rip up books. Okay. And, um, he finally asked her, he was like, can I, what, what are you doing? Like, can I ask what she was like? Oh, I'm just reading a James Patterson. It's not that important. And literally she would just rip the pages out and throw them away and i'm not saying james patterson is not important enough to save the book because you should save the book you shouldn't just rip up but what if it's a trade paper but i think the fact that she didn't feel like it was important enough to keep or at least leave on the seat and give to somebody else is indicative of the kinds of stories he's writing now. He's writing these freaking one-shots. Have you seen them? They're like 50 pages or whatever. Tiny little... He puts out like five a month. It's absurd. It's absurd. It's just not... It's absurd. Um, I have a lot of opinions. It's fine. I have heard. And Um, I understand that there are other people who love them, and I'm not trying to diss that. I just have an opinion. (laughs) You think? Here's my counter to there what you no just said. There is no counter. You're yes. not going to change my mind. No, I am going to change your mind. No, you're not. Go ahead. What? Now, I'm not I'm not going to argue against like the the, the little one yeah, shot one like shots. all that type of stuff. What I'm saying is you you argue the fact that he's in every section of the bookstore. Yes, I find that absurd. Yeah. Because but, he's in every single section of the bookstore because he's writing with somebody else, not mm-hmm. because he's good enough to be in those sections. Like pause. Ugh. Okay. Replace James Patterson yeah. with J.K. Rowling. JK oh, she R- can do no wrong, though. Exactly. <laughs> J.K. Rowling makes it in, into every section. What are you going to say? J.K. Rowling is the best author of all time. She made it in well, every single n- section. Not Zadie Smith makes it in every section. You're like, oh my gosh, Zadie Smith, best author but of all time. But let me tell time. you something. She's the goat of authors because they're she made not- it in every section in the whole bookstore. But store. they're not in every section for a reason. Because they are the greatest. But I'm just, I'm just saying, you don't, I'm just saying, you can't argue J.K. Rowling or Zadie Smith. They are not in every, John Green makes it in every section. They aren't in every section though. There's a reason they're not in every section. I know, but their careers haven't been as long. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate because. How long has James Patterson been around? A long time. Like 30? I don't know. 40? He's old. Yeah. But I also think, look, I, I'm not trying to, like, downgrade anything that he does. I'm You're just, not? No. I just I, happen I, to I, look, We should firmly... replay the last 10 minutes, and then no. you should say that you're Let not trying finish. to downplay anything that he has done. Ugh. I just happen to firmly disagree. 
That's all. With everything that he's done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to downplay it or anything, but like, it's all trash. I just disagree. I disagree with it. I don't think that he, I, I, I kind of believe he doesn't write. <laughs> you have a lot of opinions about somebody you've never read. I refuse. I, I don't, I don't like his approach to anything. <laughs> I feel like, look, I also feel this way about ghostwriters. I feel this way about like celebrities who write with someone else. If I, I ever met a ghost who could write a book, I would write, I would read that book. Would you? I would. You want to read a book by a ghost? Okay, but you know what I'm saying. I just, I have a lot. It all goes back to, I just like the purity of things. And I hate, I hate when someone ruins the purity of something. You know what I mean? It just makes mm. me feel really sad. <laughs> James Patterson makes me sad. <laughs> Put that on the t-shirt. Uh, I don't know. I don't, it's not because I don't think that you can write 67. I mean, I have an author friend who has written like 70 something books. It's not because I don't think you can. I, I, I'm not trying to like, like I said, I don't want to downplay like his talent. I think he knows what he's doing, right? Like there's a reason. You know what he's doing? Listen, he's hustling harder I, no, than everybody else. No, but there's a reason he became popular. There's a reason, you know, whatever. I think he, maybe on some level, I feel like he's just sold out. He just like puts his name on crap because he knows it'll sell. You know what I mean? Is there anything intrinsically wrong with selling out? Is selling out know, just I like, think so, but like a hipster put down? No, I, again, I, I like the purity of things. I think selling out is not, it, it, it loses its like authenticity and it's like beauty. Does it uh, not? No, I don't think so. Because I think that saying that somebody sell, so I think that the whole notion of somebody selling out is like, it, it all comes from jealousy. And no. I'm not saying you're jealous of James Patterson. I'm not. I'm not at all. I'm saying that the I'm saying like the whole entire notion of people selling out from the beginning, from the beginning, is people saying like, is you became so successful and you made so much money because you're commercialized now that um that I, I, the people are envious and jealous of what other people are doing. It's the I same, totally agree. It's the same thing. Like right now, we're making our YouTube videos and we don't really do a lot of brand deals, not because we don't want to, because we can't we can't get a brand deal because we're we're small. Maybe one day, you know, maybe well maybe next week we put out a brand deal and somebody comments like oh you guys are just sellouts now how do you like no i i don't disagree with that but that's not what i'm saying about james patterson oh well you're you no you're saying like since we're i'm in the middle of re-watching parks and recreation and there's this episode where ron swanson said my name means something it has value so does James you Patterson. He can slap it on a book and sell i know copies. but <laughs> but he should be concerned and he should and you know what I mean? Like yeah. you should be concerned and like, I'm not proud, but like proud of who you are and what you endorse and what your name is on. And right. you should I, hold, it should hold. Weight. I don't yeah. feel like his, especially recent. I'm not saying that he's never written anything good. I'm, that's not what I mean at all. I'm saying the, the stuff he's doing now, the one shots, the, the fact that a lady feels like she can just rip the pages out and there's no consequence. Like, mm -hmm. It doesn't feel quality to me. 
It doesn't feel like he cares about the quality. And obviously, I've never spoken to James Patterson. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I perceive it this way. I perceive that he's just slapping his name on things and not, like, there, there's, it lost some sort of value to me. That's all. Yes. I see your point. And the, my, so my thing with selling out is not a counter necessarily to what you are saying about James Patterson. Like, mm-hmm. but... More so just the notion of saying that people like no, I totally in general, agree. Yeah. Because I just feel like Look, if you get successful, people are going to believe that you sold out because you're and, doing things for and money. And look at it like if you are in that position in like you're a band and right. you are getting successful, you get a record deal, you get to go on a stadium tour. Right. And people are like, Oh, they're just sold out. Like they're not they're not the cool indie band that I, you know, right. found on Spotify's uh new music <laughs> list three years ago. It's like how people Yes. <laughs> in their basement. Their mom's basement. Um but that's the thing is if you were in their position, oh, you would just say no. Like right. it, the, the record deal comes to you and be like, yo, your new album is uh you know right. really hot we're gonna put some advertising dollars behind it we're gonna get it on all the billboards and get it on the top seller list that happens now you're one of the hottest artists in the country and you go on a stadium tour you're telling me that you would look at that artist and be like no i i really don't want to make millions of dollars and make right. and be able to spread my music as wide as possible right of course no i totally agree like uh, just the notion of of people selling out because they make a lot of money, I just is dumb. I, I is, is dumb. I agree. Though I I will say, and this has nothing to do like not a counterpoint, but I do think like for me personally, I do have this like, look, I don't expect to like ever be famous or you know wildly successful and rich or whatever. Like that's not really something that's you know on my mind. It's mm-hmm. not something I'm chasing. Like. I'm just trying to, like, enjoy what I do. But, like, there is this sort of – and I think it's maybe maybe because I literally, like, like, authenticity is the most important to me. And, like, I, I do have sort of, I guess, a fear of, like, well, what if I do get successful? And what if I do a lot of, like – I don't know, self-marketing or what if I, you know what I mean? Like it, at a point it feels very inauthentic to me personally. I don't, I'm not saying it is inauthentic. I'm saying mm. it, it feels like I'm being inauthentic and I don't know, like, I don't know. Maybe that's what, I don't know. It's just a thing that I'm thinking about recently. Like, like how do you put your stuff out there and how do you love what you're doing and how do you get people to see it without feeling like you're selling out? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or even like, you know, being scared that you actually do make it. Cause then what, you know, like that's a whole other conversation, but I do think about that stuff yeah. too. There's like the, you hold yourself back because you're scared of actually succeeding because yeah. once you succeed, what's next, right. what are you going to do? Like you accomplished right. your dream. And also like a, I mean, you you do have, like, some sort of image, right? Like, everyone is trying to portray themselves as something specific, right? And, like, if you do become successful, I don't know. It's just, like, it's just a weird – I'm kind of terrified of it. I don't know. Maybe it's just, like, a self-sabotaging thing. But, like, 
I do. I know I'm very salty. You don't have to make that face. <laughs> I didn't make a face. Uh, you, I just nodded my head in agreement. <laughs> I do think like there is that sort of aspect of things like, I don't know. And maybe it's like a insecurity because like you have to believe that what you're putting out there is good enough that people that people need to see it. People people need to read my words or whatever. And that feels like so like, who am I to believe that? You know what I mean? I don't know what that has to do with anything. It just was a thought that mm-hmm. <laughs> popped up when you said that. So what you're saying is that your opinions about James Patterson yeah. are more so stemming from your insecurities with yourself. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I still firmly believe that <laughs> all the things I said about James Patterson. Well, you still firmly believe all the things you think about yourself. Yeah, I think I'm a little terrified of success, but like in a in a um, in a way that I I'm just so terrified of being inauthentic or feeling like what I'm doing is inauthentic. Because mm-hmm. then what you know, I don't know. Yeah. But I I don't, that has nothing to do with James Patterson. Those right. are like different. Right. But I think, and that is very true. And the reason you have such a hard time putting your work anywhere out there even though you are a very talented very intelligent person you hold yourself back from being successful like Mm -hmm. you have the ability to make your own way to you know make a living doing the thing like the thing you're gifted at the thing that you are really good at Mm -hmm. but you stop yourself because you're so scared that if you put out your art, other people will see you as inauthentic, as a sellout, um, or maybe you will see yourself that way because you're working on marketing your art more, mm-hmm. you know, twice as much time as you are actually creating said art. Right. Um, that, like, but you- again, I think I was thinking about this too. Like, I think it's just I want to believe that, like, art and. And not not my art necessarily, but just art in general is like pure and romantic and beautiful. And I don't I don't want to think about the fact that some execs sat around a table to discuss how to get me like to listen to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I I don't want it to be that way. Which is just, you know, obviously (laughs) not possible like that is how you discover things is by execs sitting around a table like making up marketing campaigns and strategies to entice you but I don't I don't want that to be the case yeah but more so uh, just like about you like yeah you putting out your writing right because I I believe and I know full and well that you are a talented writer and gifted enough in writing that you could create the lifestyle that you want to live mm-hmm. through that work. And you have the time to do it, but these fears of coming across to somebody as inauthentic or maybe even feeling you're inauthentic I yourself feel like it's inauthentic. Keeps you from doing really what like your God has called you to do to keep gave you these gifts. Right. Um, and you're so like you're have a double edged sword that 
you're so scared of getting a full-time job working for somebody else that, you know, you don't, you're working for other people's dreams, which is one of your biggest fears. It's soul killing. But the only way out of that is for you to use your, what, what has been given to you and put yourself out there to, to act, to write. Mm -hmm. But. I feel gross doing that. But you stop yourself. Because I feel feel like, I don't know. But the thing is, is one, I guess, why do you care what other people perceive you as if you're living your dream? Mm. And two, even if you do feel that like doing marketing Mm -hmm. is not authentic or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know how this world works. You know. I do know. I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> that the writer right james patterson like isn't a good example because he's way long than yeah, you, yeah but let's just say like james patterson you know maybe you believe you can write a book three times as good as a james patterson you know i'm book. not claiming that by the way right let's i'm just, just saying that you could hypothetical i'm not claiming that i'm better than james patterson <laughs> or you know you could write a book as good as a james patterson mm-hmm. you know book, but it would never be read because James is hustling. Right. He has the name. To put it out there. I, and that's not a great, obviously, not know, a great example because it's I know. way, way different. But there is somebody out there who is some blogger. I know. Who is killing it. I know. With words that are half the value of what you have, but they have twice of the drive to get it out there. I don't disagree with you. I I know exactly what I do to myself. <laughs> I just I don't know. I don't want to feel inauthentic. How is it inauthentic? It's the exact same thing that John Cuff said of don't let people say you talk about your book too much. Oh, I know that was really good. It's like you put in the work. You put in the years that it took to put this on I know, paper but it's not and get it out there and don't let somebody else tell you that you talk about something too much. And that's what you are scared of is that you will look like you are you are talking about yourself or your work too much. I know, because who am I? But it's not because I'm scared somebody else will. Although, whatever, I'm very contradictory. I have this feeling and then as I'm saying it, I feel the exact opposite. <laughs> Because I, it's not that I'm scared that somebody else is going to think that I talk about myself too much. It's that I don't want to talk about myself too much. Like, I am, who am I? You know what I mean? Uh, you are I kn- talented. No, I know, whatever, I know. But I'm saying, who am I compared to the next person? The same. Yeah, they the have just as much same. opportunity as you do. I know, but I, I just, I don't know. It's just really weird. And I, it's just weird. I don't know. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> you you are just as deserving mm-hmm. as they are. You are just as undeserving as they are because nobody nobody deserves anything other than what they work for. I know. So the fact is somebody else worked harder than you. Somebody else got a book published. Somebody else got a, an amazing like mm-hmm. blog following and they were able to live their dream and do it. I know. That's it. They just they just did it. I don't disagree with you. I don't know where you're arguing. I, I, I'm not arguing that. I'm not arguing that 
they don't deserve whatever it is that they've gotten. But you're saying that you are undeserving. Who are you? Who 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 is lowly Sarah to not be able to achieve the goals that she wants to achieve? And that is rubbish. <laughs> are we British now? Yes. I I just think that I don't like talking about myself. <laughs> but you're worth talking about. Uh, I guess I don't know. I don't think so. No, you're not talking about you. You're not saying I like, know, yo, but I'm promoting. Look at like it's uh, in. in I'm not saying this to put down people who do this. I'm just saying this as an example that you're not saying that you're trying to be an Instagram influencer where all you do is post pictures of your face every day trying to get a following to sell stuff. Mm -hmm. That's not what you're doing. You're you're afraid to put out art Mm -hmm. like what your mind like words you're putting out a product. You're not talking about you as Sarah. You're like, hey, guys, look at me buy me. Look, say like, like me, mm-hmm. it's, hey, I worked really hard writing this thing and I think it has value because it, it brought value to me through the experience that I took mm-hmm. to be able to write this. Um, I think it could bring value to you. It could help you in whatever, you know, the subject matter is. Mm-hmm. You're not saying, look I at Sarah. I know, I understand, but I, I don't know. Maybe you need a pseudonym in your... S.J. Lauder. <laughs> well, I can't use that one. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just have this weird, I guess, contradictory back and forth. Like I know everything that you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but you've you know it. But what is it gonna take to do it? To do it? I don't know. I'm probably just. Nothing. <laughs> you're never like, are you saying you're never going to do it? Because no, my, I'm saying that. I mean, my I've, advice all the time is just freaking do it. I know. But I'm that not doesn't saying... work for you because you have pent up anxiety about it. So no, I, there's uh... some, like, there has to be a process. <sighs> yeah. Maybe it's betterhelp.com slash Vincent. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I just, I just don't, I don't know. Every time I think about any kind of, self-promotion i get all squirmy and gross just feels weird and it feels weird because like but i uh, okay (laughs) does it feel weird because Mm -hmm. you don't think that what you're putting out there is worthy of people's time or that you aren't good enough to be actually be talking about something no I, I, I'm just terrified of the, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I am, I do get like nervous, I guess, or worried or whatever about being like misunderstood, like, or being taken out of context or somebody like totally misreading something. Like even in this podcast, like I say things and I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to hate me next week. Like I shouldn't have said that thing about James Patterson or E.L. James. Like, I'm sorry, do what you want. Like, you know, even though I do, I believe the things that I said, like mm-hmm. I have opinions, you know, but like, I, I'm so terrified of being misunderstood and more so in the things that I write, because that's like actually like things that I've thought through and like that I... Well, I don't you. know, like, yeah, like, it's, like, my words, and I'm terrified of being misunderstood. And not just, like, oh, you didn't understand what I said, but, like, 
like to understand that I'm not like searching for anything here. Like I'm not, I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm not fishing for um, reassurance or validation or anything like that. I'm just like, I just am sharing my heart and I just think that maybe somebody else might want to read it. It's just a thing that I got to <laughs> work through. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just, look, I don't want to bring up the Enneagram again because, but literally it's just like word for word. Like that's, that's the thing. It's like, I, I need and want to be known, but I'm like terrified of like what'll happen. Like if you do know me, but like, I can't live without writing out these things. And then like promoting them feel, it just feels, I don't know. It just feels weird. I need to figure out like a, a different perspective to look at it. But even the whole like, well, but it has value and people need to read it. I I don't know that I necessarily, like, every time I think that, I'm like, yeah, but who am I compared to somebody else? Like, they have just as much value in their words as I do. Like, right. you know but what I mean? You putting out something, you hitting publish doesn't take away what they did. I know. Like, so saying like, who am I? It Like, there there is enough room for everybody. Uh-huh. You have life experience that lots of other people don't have. And even if you have the same life experience as somebody else, they're not writing it down. You are. Mm-hmm. So you writing down something and you're pre- pressing publish. Pressing publish mm-hmm. has, it, it doesn't take away anything from anybody else. And you are a human with life experience, opinions, knowledge, all of that. And you are presenting it in love. So there's like, I mean, basically, I know. it's just, just do it. Like, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Counselor Cody. You're welcome. I'm like, <laughs> I try to put all these fancy words around it. But at the end of the day, my advice is just do it. I know. But I understand that you have a little bit harder uh, time getting your mind around it. So just do it hasn't worked. Nope. Um, it probably will never work. But it's the Honestly. same. It, it, it's the same in the fact that you say that you're not qualified to, you know, teach an Enneagram course. Right. Even though you have read. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's 10 Enneagram no. books on the bookshelf. I think there's six. Okay. <laughs> Regardless, yeah. there are six yeah. Enneagram books on the bookshelf that you have read cover to cover, highlighted, taken notes in your on your computer, written mm-hmm. down everything, mm-hmm. and written your own notes. There are very, very few people in this world who have read every single one of those books, has taken the time to actually study each and every single one of them, take the highlights, write them down, and, you know, to have a to to have amassed that much knowledge from different sources about a subject Mm -hmm. to be able to teach it to somebody and then even if there was another person or even 500 other people that have done that one they're probably not helping other people through the knowledge that they have amassed Mm -hmm. two they're not you you have a different perspective coming it through that knowledge that you could bring to people that they are, even if they're doing the exact same thing, it's not the same because they are a different person than you. So they have a different perspective. So 
you have value. Your words have value. Your knowledge has value. And putting it out there isn't saying, look at me, look how amazing I am. You're just sharing a sliver Mm -hmm. of knowledge that other people don't have. Everybody, the person that you're teaching it to probably knows 18 things that they could teach you, but they haven't spent the time that you have on this one subject. I don't disagree. Yeah, but you won't do it. You, you, this is the thing you, you say you don't disagree, but the thing is you don't believe it. You don't believe I... in impossible things. Oh, it's the intro. Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's the intro to, a uh, uh, Ted radio hour. Um, oh. <laughs> um, listen, I don't disagree. <laughs> exactly. It's you, you have, you have the logically you don't disagree. Right. But emotionally in your heart, right. You don't believe that 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 you actually do have that value. You don't believe that the knowledge that you have is worth anything to anybody right. else. Right. Here's the thing. Um, I read this recently, again about Enneagram fours, but um, it says like they may not know who they are, but they definitely know who they are not. And I feel like that's true of me. I definitely know who I'm not. Like I know what is just so opposite of me. But, like, I have a really hard time being like, oh, yeah, this is who I am. Yeah, but I also think that the who you are not, sometimes you think you know who you're not. What do you mean? Like, in the fact that you you don't believe certain things about yourself. Like, you don't believe that you are certain people. You're like, I'm not that. And in reality, just like, here's a prime example. I don't know, five years ago, you, for the, for the first five years of our marriage, mm-hmm. you said... I wish I was creative. I'm not a creative person at all. Like I have zero creativity. Like I wish I could do things creative, all that. You didn't, you didn't even believe at all that you were creative. And Mm -hmm. I told you the whole time, like you are creative. You can be creative. Mm -hmm. It's just a choice. And one day, I don't, I don't know what that like pinnacle shift was for you, but one day you like started to believe, oh wait, maybe I am creative. I know, but it's not. I wasn't meaning in that sense. I was meaning like, I don't know. No, you were meaning because you 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 thought <laughs> you couldn't do anything creative. You don't think that? It, no, I'm just laughing that this has turned into a therapy session. This is fun therapy with, with Sarah and Cody. Uh, this is my least favorite therapist. <laughs> it's because... I'm the most right. No, it's because we are both very stubborn people, and I'm just getting really angry listening to you. No, go it, ahead. It's it's because I'm not an objective third party. That might be it too. And it's really hard for you to accept, like, and I'm not saying you. I'm saying us. Like, mm-hmm. that's the reason married people can't counsel each other properly mm-hmm. is because we come at everything with bias. So, like, even when you are right. It's hard to be like, yeah, you are right. I should do that. It's more like, you don't know me. <laughs> you get defensive. That's what I say every time. <laughs> Which you get, is absurd, You get defensive but... because they are right. Right. Versus a objective Fine. third party with no nothing to gain in the matter. Fine. <laughs> Fine. You are right. But I don't think that... Um, I do think that there are certain things that I know, like I know that I am not. Like, I'm not saying I can, you don't. I'm just saying there are 
you definitely know who you're not. Like you, you have a yeah, very, but I have you a, have a very clear picture of who you're not and even who you are. Yeah, but I have a hard time like saying who I am or or like really like believing like. But that is that is insecurity. Not not because you don't know who you are. You're just insecure in who you are. Hmm. I don't know if that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will have to decide that one later. I don't know. I just feel like the whole where we're, I don't know. I just think where we're at culturally is weird and confusing. And I don't know. That's it. Yep. Um, It's hard to navigate, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it is hard to navigate, but it's even harder for you. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> because because you have you have a wall of insecurity that you have to get through first before you have to deal with the culture like yeah like the culture is on the other side of the anxiety and then once you get through that then you still have to deal with it which gives you more anxiety because you know that once you get over your anxiety you have to do deal with all the even more stuff <laughs> which just a lot like i'm not whatever i just a lot of the things I just have a hard time with not like like I I have a hard time with like a lot of our I don't know those the things that we do in society in our culture like they feel I guess opposite of me and so I guess like getting through the insecurity and then having to figure out like the opposite of me is just too much (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) that's all but with that being said, yeah. just don't read Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we started um, over two hours ago. Way too long. Um, you did not hear a two-hour show. Um, a lot of that was edited out um, for time. Um <laughs> But I feel like the the where the conversation where we started off with it ended up in a in a really uh, interesting and and deep place that I think is worth talking about and hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, thank you for being vulnerable. Me? Yeah, you're welcome. I see. I can spill my guts. I don't care about that. Like that doesn't. It's not like that. Doesn't bother me at all. Like, if I'm talking to somebody, even the fact, like, knowing that this is going on the internet, like, I can still just, like, spill my guts. It doesn't bother me. But, like. But if you were to write it down and press press publish. Yeah. Well, I do write it down, but I'm just terrified that somebody's going to read it wrong, which is weird because I like writing it better than speaking it because I, I think my thoughts are more clear and, like precise and thought out when I write it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's actually what I think. Sometimes when I speak, I like say a bunch of words and like it takes me a minute to get to what I actually think, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can spill my guts and it's totally fine, but like, but then I'm terrified of what <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. I don't know. I, what I'm saying is I don't feel like I was vulnerable just now. It just felt like normal. I mean, you almost cried like four times. Yeah, but I don't feel like I was being vulnerable. 
Like, a, not even a little bit. I feel totally fine. Yeah, we definitely have, like, a way different, like, vulnerability <laughs> scale. Um, but. I don't know what is vulnerable to me. I feel totally, put, like, I. Um, self-marketing, putting yourself out there and saying, yeah. I'm worth, um, the, my, the work that I do is worth enough that you should look at it, buy it, you know, whatever. I suppose. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I'll spill my guts every day. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So your vulnerability ends whenever you have to believe that you have intrinsic value that others could enjoy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. So that's uh, where this ended up. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this podcast. We are uh, brought to you by BetterHelp.com slash Jensen. Yes. Um, BetterHelp is a counseling service that you can get. Um, counseling service for as affordable as $35 a week. So I would highly recommend uh, checking it out mm-hmm. at betterhelp.com slash Jensen. Um, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. <laughs>